My name is Tony Sicoria. I'm an orthopedic surgeon um, who had an, an interesting life experience. I got struck by lightning in 1994, near out of body and near death experience. So it was August 1994, and my wife's family had a communal birthday party because there were four or five people that had birthdays in August. And so we were going to celebrate them all at one time. And we went to a lake. Um, there was a pavilion that we had rented. And we had about 25 people that were going to be there. And my job at the at the party was to run the barbecue. And so I was outside cooking and wasn't paying attention to what was happening to the weather and because I was busy and but the the place that we were at was a uh, a pavilion and the the party was up on the second floor and I was down on the ground and and so I was doing all the work and I'd bring it up for everybody to eat and there was a point in the middle of the day where I um, thought that I needed to call my mom because I hadn't heard from her and she wasn't going to be at the party. And so I got somebody to cover the barbecue grill and I walked around the front of the building where there was a payphone attached and I decided to call her. And what I wasn't aware of was that behind me there was a big lake and a huge storm cloud had come up over the lake and I didn't see it, and it wasn't raining, so I really wasn't paying attention. Um, so I called my mother, and I tried. I let the phone ring five, six times and gave up because she wasn't answering, and so I decided to hang up the phone, and I, I took the receiver, and I had it about a foot away from my face, and I was getting ready to hang it up, and I heard this huge crack and this big flash of light came out of the phone and hit me in the face and just threw me back like a rag doll. And as I was going backwards, I had the strange sensation of moving forwards. And it was very confusing. And I, I remember standing there going, I don't understand. I saw the lightning. It saw it come out and it hit me and it threw me back. And I, and I recognized all of those things. And I looked at the phone and the phone was just swinging back and forth, just dangling. And I'm absolutely confused. Nothing's making any sense. And then all of a sudden I hear my mother-in-law who's up on the floor above me and she's screaming and she's coming down the stairs running right at me. And I'm thinking, okay, this can't be good. You know, when your mother-in-law is screaming and running toward you, it's not a good sign. And as she got down close to me, I could see that she wasn't looking at me. She was looking off to the left. And when she got down, she she leaned, got off the stairs right in front of me and took off to the left. And I and I'm still not understanding what's going on. And at this point, I, I take three steps and I'm going in her direction. And all of a sudden I'm confronted with myself on the ground and and i was like oh shit i'm dead 
And it was shocked. I I was like, I didn't I expected that when you died there would be some bells and whistles, something would happen to let you know. But there was nothing. And and so I walked up and I'm standing there looking down at my body and and I'm going, This is crazy, and my mind is racing, and suddenly I realized, wait a minute. My mind is racing. I'm thinking all these things, and I'm having this conversation with myself because nobody else can hear me or see me, and then suddenly I realize that, oh, my God, whoever I am, I always am. I mean, my spirit is with me. It's not in that body. That's just an empty shell that's lying there. <clears throat> And I watched it. There was a, as it turned out, there was a lady who was waiting to use the phone with her teenage daughter. And they were waiting for me to get off the phone. And as it turns out, um, she starts getting down to do CPR because she's a nurse. And how fortuitous is that? I, you know, I get struck by lightning and there's somebody who's sitting there waiting for me in case I get killed. Um, which happens. So she gets down to start doing CPR, but, and I'm still trying to talk to anyone who who's there and nobody can hear me or see me. So at this point I, I thought, well, this is stupid. I'm just going to go upstairs and see what my family's doing. So I turn around and I go walk over to the stairs and I start going back up and I'm looking in at the stairs as, as I walk, because I don't want to trip and fall kind of what I would always do and all of a sudden I see that my legs are starting to dissolve and I thought okay this is getting really weird and by the time I got up to the top of the stairs the stairs went to the left and I just passed through the wall um, because I was just a ball of energy at that point I had lost all form and when I went through the wall, I came out right above my wife's head, and she was sitting on a, on a chair, and she was painting children's faces. And so I made a mental note of of who the kids were and where they were and and what positions they were in. And then, but I kept going, and I passed through the roof. And I was suddenly outside, and then things really got even stranger. At, at that point, I felt like I had fallen into a river of pure positive energy. There was this bluish-white light and that was coming toward me. And, and this energy that was coming out of this light it was the most unbelievable thing I'd ever experienced. If you could imagine absolute love and absolute peace were the two things that that i could feel from this energy and i call it an energy because it, it's what it looked like and that's what it felt like and and the more i looked at it i could see that this energy if i looked around at the trees and and the things that i could see the that energy actually made up all of these things you could you could see the energy lines flowing through it and and that's what that energy is what constructed all of these things 
and at that point i was convinced that this is the god energy whatever this is this is what makes it all and and it was so palpable to me i thought i could measure this and my science brain is kicking in you know lack of a better way to expect to understand it um but at this point i realize this is the most amazing thing that could ever happen to somebody and and this bluish white light if i the more i looked at it the more i was overcome by it but it it was taking me someplace and and that i could feel that it was actually i was moving i didn't know where i was going but i could feel the sensation of of movement both speed and direction and and i saw kind of a collage of my life in just in picture form that just like if you had took all of the high points and low points of your life and put them on a a big poster board that's what it looked like and but there was no explanation there was no discussion about it it was just you know here here are big events in your life and and i thought okay but i was more interested in where i was going because you know i really thought that this is the most amazing thing that could happen to anyone and at that point i was i was happy to go wherever it was taking me and then all of a sudden it was like somebody had flipped a switch and bam i was back in my body and i was really angry i was calling out to god to anybody who would listen you know don't make me go back i don't want to do this and i want to go wherever i was headed and but that wasn't anything that i had to control over so <clears throat> all of a sudden i'm back in my body and and i remember the the pain of where the lightning hit me in the face and where it came out my foot i had burns in both places and it felt like a hot poker that somebody had just stuck right in the corner of my mouth and on my on my foot and it seemed like it took me minutes before i could open my eyes and the lady who was doing cpr had stopped and she was just kneeling next to me and and then at some point I, I was able to open my eyes and i looked at her and i wanted to say thank you but what came out was stupid i just said it's okay i'm a doctor and she said well you weren't a minute ago and i thought okay my circuits aren't working very well i'll just keep my mouth shut so at that point the police came and the ambulance came and i i refused to go to the hospital i said that's i'm not going to go to the hospital i'm going to go i just i'd rather just go home i'll see my family doctor and thinking that you know when you get struck by lightning you're either alive or dead there's not much in between and they just kind of wasn't thinking very clearly i should have gone but i didn't so i went home i saw my family doctor and my my cardiologist my neurologist and they both said the same thing well you're lucky you're alive and that's just the way it is and i thought okay so 
you know, how does, what does all this mean? And it took me about a week to recover from it. And for that first week, I could look right at you and, and in my head, I'm saying, I know your name. I know who you are, but I could not get to that drawer where that information was kept. So I, I wouldn't be, I'd look at you and know who you were, but I couldn't tell you your name. And it was like that for other things too, you know, diseases that I should know um, easily, common names, but it was just all someplace I didn't have access to. And that went away after a week. And I thought, okay, that's kind of weird. I, you know, I, I get struck by lightning. I, it stops my heart. Somebody jump starts me. My brain is not working very well, but all that's disappeared. And, and now I'm left with what did it mean? And so I, you know, I went back to work and, you know, I was shaken by it as, as anybody would be. And then about two weeks after the lightning, <clears throat> I started to have this strange behavior where I, I'm desiring to hear classical piano music and I'm, I'm which is a big departure for me because I was a kid of the 60s there was rock and roll really wasn't much of anything else um, my mom had made me take piano lessons when I was seven years old and she made me do it for a year and I I did out of fear of life and death um, and at that point I quit and I never went back so and now I'm having this obsession with listening to classical piano. And, and that was a big departure for me. Um, it was so strong that I actually went to a store in, in Albany, New York, which was about an hour away <clears throat> from where we lived. And bought, I went into a music store um, that sold CDs. And it, there was a, a CD that just seemed like it jumped off the shelf into my hands. It was Vladimir Ashkenazi playing his favorite Chopin. And Vladimir Ashkenazi was a famous Russian pianist. And at that point, I started listening to it just obsessively. Um, I listened to it all day long. I made everybody else listen to it. And I'm sure they were sick of hearing it. And I realized that it, see, after a couple of weeks of that, I realized it's not going to be enough for me to listen to this music. I need to be able to play it, which was a problem since I didn't have a piano and I didn't know how to play. Um, and it was so long ago that my lessons at seven years old were didn't exist anymore. And so, I, you know, I have this thought that I need to learn how to play. And the very next day, one of our babysitters comes by and says, I'm going to be moving. Can I store my old piano at your house for a year? And I thought, well, that's kind of weird. You know, I, I decided I need to learn how to play. And suddenly a piano appears. And at this point, I said yes. And um, and we, we brought the piano in. And suddenly I have a piano. So I, I, I went to a bookstore to look, get some music. Um, to teach myself how to how to read music, and I started this process. And I I also ordered the music on the CD, thinking, you know, I'm going to learn how to play this stuff. 
it was very magical thinking. I had no idea where to start, but they're just going to do it. And so I started trying to teach myself, and which was not easy. Um, but I would get up at five in the morning and I would I would work at the piano until 630 when I had to go to work. And I would work all day and then we'd come back home. And after the kids went to bed, I would go back to the piano and I would work till I couldn't see straight. And I did this every day. And it and went through a couple of years of that. And let me back up. Um, about a month after the lightning, so I've, there's a piano at the house. I'm starting to teach myself how to play, and I have a dream. And in this dream, it's it was like an out of body experience. I was I'm walking out onto the stage, and I'm looking at myself. I'm on the front of the stage, and I'm playing at a concert hall. And I remember looking around at the concert hall and I'm taking notes mentally of of what what there is what it looked like and I walked up and I stood behind myself and I'm listening to the music and suddenly I come to the realization that this is not somebody else's music this is mine and I'm paying attention to it and the ending had a loud ending crashing ending it woke me up and I look at the clock and it's 3.15 and I get up and I, I go out to the piano and I'm, I'm trying to plunk out some different things that I heard, but I had no idea how to do it. I didn't know how to write. I didn't know how to play. So I said, the hell with it. And I went back to bed. But then every time I sat down at the piano to try to teach myself in lesson, the music from the dream would start to play. And it was always the same. It was like it was a recording in my head and it would just start playing. And it was very insistent. If I didn't work with it every day, it would start to play when I was trying to see patients or I was trying to do work. And so it was intrusive, but it was very predictable. And and I learned very quickly that I needed to to do something with it every day. And so I I kept trying, you know, as I was teaching myself, I would be able to write down a few notes of what I heard um, as I was learning to to read music. And and I would think I'll just throw it in a drawer and someday I'll get back to it. And and that's what I was doing. And I was trying to teach myself. Now I'm into this a couple of years. And I'm trying to teach myself the piece of music called Chopin's Fantasy Impromptu, which is not a simple piece of music. And I truly believe that, you know, our spirit is separate from our bodies. Um, and we live in the same carcass, but we are really, you know, this, this what what this body is, is just a shell that gives my spirit some place to live for this period of time. And we we go through this process of reincarnation over and over again. And it's designed for us to learn and to experience spiritual growth. Hopefully the end point is being able to join the source from which we all came from. 
Um, so I've become much more spiritual, but less religious um, over time. Um, the, the big lesson that I learned from my near-death experience is that there's no such thing as death. We continue right on. Our spirit lives on and on and on. You know, the carcass wears out and dies, um, but the spirit continues on and is immortal. Um, and our whole point in in going through this is to become spiritually more evolved. And the more the more we are thinking of other self, so not of ourselves, but the more we're concerned about other people and other things, um, that is what's called a positive polarity. And so the more we are positively oriented, then the more spiritual growth we get. If we're more if we are more self-centered and only care about ourselves, then we have no chance of of evolving to the higher levels. And, and I guess the biggest take-home message is that the soul is eternal. There is there's no such thing as death. It's nothing to be afraid of. It's just a transition. Um, energy is not created or destroyed. It just changes forms. And that's essentially what we do. And thank your viewers for listening. And I hope everyone stays well. Bye-bye. Thank you.